Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. And as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Now grab your favorite beverage and enjoy listening to the Deep Waters Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. I'm Benjamin Olson. And I'm Jace Langley. And we are so excited that you joined us today. <laughs> That's right. We've been talking through this wonderful book by a lady named Ruth Ward Heflin called G- Glory. Glory. Experiencing the atmosphere of heaven. <laughs> Honestly, it's a dramatic title. I like it. It's really good. And so far, the book's been incredible. So welcome to the Deep Waters Book Club. That's right. It is to the Deep Waters Book Club lately, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we've been working through the sections on praise. And most recently, Jason and I have been reading the sections on worship. And we're just going to talk a little bit more about those things based on her. Totally. Yeah. I, th- I think recently, <laughs> um, Jordan Werner talked about, I never had, the, maybe, I'm not sure if this was on the stage or if it was a discussion between him and I now that I'm saying this, but he was saying that like, I didn't know that I needed to be discipled into praise and worship. Mm. And I like felt the same way. Cause it is, I think he says this on stage. It's like something we just pick up from our church of origin and, or, you know, our history. Yep. And it's been done in so many different ways. And to think to be discipled, and what it looks like to praise and then to worship. That's been really a fascinating journey for me. And I feel like I'm learning a lot. And even thinking about it now, when I go to a prayer set or a worship set, it's like, okay, I'm ascending the hill now. Wow. And not that it's, again, it's not this equation cause and effect thing, but there is this moment of just entering into his presence and yeah, ascending the hill is the term that Rudworth oh gosh, Ruth Ward Heflin uses. <laughs> it's a wordy name. It's, it's, it's like kind of difficult to get out. Yeah. Uh, I think that ascending the hill is language that she also pulls from the Psalms too, mm-hmm. which is nice to think like, oh, this is grounded in ancient biblical worship. Absolutely. Too. And I think her meditation on praise and worship is helping me give language for what we have been doing, what I have been doing my whole life when I come into a space of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to attempt to share some of that language today and hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. And sounds like a plan to me. Sounds like a plan. Uh, well, first I want to open with a question. Please this do. A, this is a question that came to me from one of our wonderful high school students who has an incredible anointing in leading worship herself. She was wrestling with the idea, why do we even worship? Like, what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great foundational question. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't don't know if I've really went zoomed that far out to ask that question, but I think that's a really good place to start. (laughs) It's part of why I love hanging out with teenagers. Mm -hmm. They haven't grown up to the point where they forget to ask questions like that. Like I do. Got the darndest things to say. (laughs) I do. (laughs) 
So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts off the top of your head, Jace? Why we worship? Um, I mean, I've been told that we are made to worship. Hmm. Like it's in our, our, the fabric of who we are is to like worship God. And that's like, uh, I don't, not sure what I'm going to say here, but like, it's why we were created. Sure. Did I like, like why God created us even was to like be worshiped, but that just sounds weird to me, but I feel like that's where I've heard it. So that's my most scholarly answer. That's great. (laughs) Submit. Submit. Yeah. I used 20 out of the 200 words allowed. So that was good. Yeah. That that was always my problem. (laughs) Brevity. What you said reminded me of a time I had when I was in high school, my youth director, um, we were up at summer camp looking at the beauty of the trees and the mountains. We were in McCall and he said, when you're outside, don't you find that your, your being just kind of wants to worship, wants to see everything is gorgeous. And like what naturally springs out of you is awe. Wow. Like, wow, look at this. Even from the angle where I'm sitting right now, I'm watching really beautiful fluffy clouds float across a gorgeously blue sky. And when I take the time to just look at it, something inside of me wants to just gaze and be in awe of the beauty. Wow. Don't, Th- like, don't you see that? Yes. No, I totally get that. And I feel like that just kind of connected some dots in my head too. So that's great. I, <laughs> I think that's what <laughs> no. I heard from what you just said mm-hmm. about how we're created to worship. It's worship feels innate in us. Innate. That's a good word. Like it's like, Invol- almost invol- like involuntary. Yes. Like if I, you drop me in front of like, like Yosemite National Park or something, <laughs> I'll just be like, oh my gosh. Like just, you kind of just take a step back and it takes your breath wow. away. And it's like, just as a, um, like if you were startled, you, you jump, you know, it's just yeah. like that, that like wired into our DNA reaction. Wow. That's really good. I think an example of that reaction in the secular world or in the ancient pagan world as well is when people would look to the gods of creation. Mm -hmm. Like Like the sun god. Like the sun god, the water god, the river god. Mm -hmm. Um, In pagan mythological cultures like ancient Egypt or Greece or, you know, the Viking culture or whatever. It's like... I can't help but assume deity is behind the things that I'm observing in creation. Yes. Yeah, I think paganism actually has something to show us about what is innate in our worship, right. like in, mm-hmm. in our in our human beings. Wow. You know what that's, I'm saying? That's a really good way to say that. I like that. And also in in the world today, at least in postmodern, post Christian America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't really worship the gods of paganism as often. I know some people that do actually, but they don't worship them like they used to in the ancient world. Now I hear people talk about mother earth Mm -hmm. or the universe. Totally. Like they want to point to something. And like I had a friend the other day, I encouraged my friend and I felt like the encouragement was from the Holy spirit. And my friend said, I don't know if you realize this, but I believe that the universe just told you to tell me that because I needed to hear it. Wow. This friend isn't Christian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, the universe, you're just, you're just trying to put your finger on God because totally. the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I mean, I believe that 
you know, all of creation sings the Lord's praises and like, wow. you know, all is created like for Christ. And so it's like, we don't have a sun God, but I see the sun. I see God in the sun and I see God in the river and I see God in yeah. the ocean and all those things. <laughs> I see God in my son, my child and like in wow. the person sitting across from me. It's like, it's like they're not that far off. Wow. We just believe all those gods are one God. That's beautiful. I also, just to talk about like this, the society we live in, I think we're recording this on February 8th and on February 12th, I think is the largest cons- like consumer church service, the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you see worship happening like to the nth degree wow. in our culture now of any brand, any celebrity, any star, any halftime show. It's all just like, Ooh, yeah, it's not my favorite thing yeah. in the world, but it's like, you, you see it on display like that people trying to like that worship coming out. Yeah. But just not towards the right things. Wow. That's fascinating. But don't feel bad if you watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably watch anyone. the Super yeah, Bowl. Totally. After the fact, cause I'll probably be at church. Yeah. Which is a classic thing about our church it's at the exact kickoff overlaps. time of the super bowl <laughs> you have to choose <laughs> you chose poorly that's so funny wow that was a good voice thank you well i think you said that worship might even be involuntary yes i like that you said that i've heard someone i don't remember who say that if you don't worship god you will worship something mm-hmm. or someone like you don't really have a choice it's whether to worship. Mm-hmm. It's just what you worship that's that you so have a good. choice about. That's so good. Be- uh, like that's wild. And um, <laughs> in the book Glory, something that I really wasn't grasping until now, and Jordan preached about it too mm-hmm. on Sunday, is like we're in this praise. We praise out of will, out of we're choosing to praise mm. to like ascend the hill. But then there's this like moment where like praise becomes worship and we're like before God. And I wasn't grasping like, how is this like just involuntary or like, I forget the words that she said. Yeah. Like when you are sitting at the feet of Jesus, beholding his glory, you might find yourself in a place of speechlessness where you don't have to muster up praise or worship inside of you. It's just awe is coming out of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how you describe sitting in the Yosemite Valley and yeah. you look up at El Capitan and Half Dome and you're just swept away. You mm-hmm. hear the river and awe just, you, you can't help but realize that your jaw has just dropped. Like take that and then turn the volume up 10 times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Ruth is saying is happening when you f- encounter the Lord in a space of the spirit of worship. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't really choose to be there. You just are there. Like it happens to you. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, and I just, I, all I was trying to say about that is I, I don't feel like I really got that until even just like the, the natural, like the nature analogy that you gave. Oh. I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. Like, it's just like, how can I not think this is incredible or from a deity? You know, it's like, I think we get, we praise and then we, I mean, we feel this, this presence or, you know, something. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like, 
God, you're so good. If I can draw us back to the question of why we worship, totally. this is a really good answer to it. And um, there are a lot of different ways I think we could answer the question. This student, when she asked me, she said, I mean, I know that Jesus like died for my sins and stuff, but like, why dedicate an hour to singing every Sunday or even more than that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that like, you know, God sets me free from sin and shame and yeah. But so there was this equation in her head, like, I know that God has done good things for me, but that still doesn't quite make sense of like, I'm not connecting the dots of Mm -hmm. why what God has done for me would lead me to a place of worship. And I, I just want to say, I think for a lot of us, those dots connect really naturally Mm -hmm. and others of us, they don't. Yeah. And I just want to name that. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and maybe guide us a little bit through some scripture that would help us think about a little bit more like why we worship. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I would have said maybe until this book that worship is just like, I would have said that worship is praising God for what he's done kind of a thing. Wow. Yeah. But like this book defines that is like, we're like, Praising God for what he's done is praise. Hmm. You know, that's like, that's praise and that's great. And that is, I don't know. I think for the sake of this book, we'll just call that praise and not like a form of worship. Sure. You know, that's good. But like I would say it is too. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, that's the way that Ruth yeah, uses like, the word. Yeah. At least. I mean, that's just minutia. I don't know mm-hmm. that that's not, that's not important. But so like, let's say praise is your, your, you know, telling the Lord and thanking him for what he's done. Um, and that gets you to this spot of worship to then where you're just beholding and you're in his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not concrete, um, concepts here, but like still so good. And when you're in his presence, that's where it's just, all you can do is just be in awe of who he is. And then, then you're then so worship we worship God because of who he is to us, Mm -hmm. not what he's done for us. Wow. That's really good. Is that the way to say it? I think, I think that's exactly what Ruth Ward Heflin said. So yeah. Okay. I might've quoted that from her then. Oh, that's great. Um, interesting, isn't it? And I, I've been trying to put my finger on the difference between praise and worship and Mm -hmm. defining it in that way. Praise is celebrating what God has done. Or what God does, like his actions, mm-hmm. the verbs of God. And then worship is celebrating the adjectives, adjectives of God, like, mm-hmm. or the noun of God, like who he is. For sure. Um, I, I think part of just like a question for the book is like, in your opinion, why do you feel like it's important to differentiate the two? Because hmm. they do feel very much the same in my head. Or maybe yeah. they've always been and may need to be separate. Or there are two sides of the same coin. But like, why do you think it's important to separate those two things? That's really good. Uh, I think creating categories like that 
giving us language like that can help us know what's happening in any given moment. So let's say this past Sunday, for example, what did we worship with? We have come to give you highest praise, highest praise. This past Sunday, which was February, what is that? Fifth? Uh, yeah. Sixth? Fifth? The fifth. I can't do math right now. I think it's currently the eighth. This past Sunday, that's the song that we opened with. We have come to give you highest praise. We have come to love you in this place. It's like we're starting our worship set with an intention, um, why we're here. And there's some will involved, meaning like I'm choosing God to come here and to lift your name up, to love you. Um, it's by choice that I'm here. Uh, that that feels like praise. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, why I say that feels like praise is because I'm trying to put Ruth's language to what's happening in reality. Yeah. And that I think can help us understand what's going on in our own context. So say we continue in that space, praising God. Maybe we move on to one of my personal favorites. I thank God. Oh yeah. You lift me up. You turn me around. You place my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. He healed my heart and changed my name. Forever so free, I am not the same. That's mm -hmm. like these great songs of testimony, mm -hmm. praising Jesus, praising the Lord for what he's done. Um, <clears throat> I think that's very much intermingled with worship. And that's okay. That's really good. But sometimes praise could exist without worship. I Well, without worship in the way that Ruth is defining it. Yeah. Like, maybe I don't feel God right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not beholding his glory. Maybe I feel no sense of awe, but I'm going to choose to praise God anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to meditate on the faithfulness of the Lord and lift up thanksgiving to him as an act of my will, as an offering. Um, and what I think Ruth is saying is when you're choosing that, you are climbing the hill of the Lord in a holy ascent. And it's when you have summited that hill that the spirit of worship falls. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that praise and worship can't coexist, but I think sometimes in the way she defines them, they can, they can exist independent of each other. Totally. Yeah. I, I think, I guess that is a good way to think about it if they are separate because yeah, there are times where I'm not like feeling his presence or even like necessarily like maybe I, I come into a church service, not even wanting to engage much, but like we talked about, um, in some past podcasts, it's like taking the, um, the like the position of a worshiper mm. like starts to bring that out of you i think saying the things of a someone who is praising the lord or like walking in gratitude and testimony is like will get us there like get us so we start that journey up the mm. hill just through going through the motions sure but i and just i don't want to say that like going you should just go through the motions of life that's not what i'm trying to say but I don't know. That's just an interesting thought. Like, I, yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah. I guess going through the motions in our culture comes with a connotation like, oh, you're doing something, but your heart's not really in it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you do the thing to get your heart in it. Wow. I, boom. I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
So that's where praise can operate independently of worship. Even I'm thinking about some songs that used to confuse me are ones that say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Yeah. Um, We sang one of them this past Mm -hmm. Sunday, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And let all that's within me shout out. Yeah. Cry out, shout out. I get shout out. Like you're, you're commanding your soul, which in Hebrew, the soul means like your being, even Mm -hmm. your flesh, not just a spiritual part of you, but like you're commanding yourself to bless the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that kind of an odd thing? Totally. What that is, is uh, that's your will. You're saying, I am choosing to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, to put my attention on him. And I'm choosing that even though my body might not be choosing that in feeling, in mm-hmm. emotion. Yeah. And I'm commanding myself to start feeling something because I'm putting my attention on you, Lord. And that's where we're going so taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. That's like Psalm 34. Bless the Lord, O my soul, is written in that psalm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that that aspect of the will being involved in praise is really important to recognize. It's not, I think, um, manipulative. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be used as manipulative. But I think it's it's something that's like getting me in the right spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we've been talking about in our podcasts the last couple of weeks. Like maybe I need to kneel in order to remind my heart to have reverence for the Lord in a certain place. And that physical posture is helping me get there. Yeah. That's an act of the will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just to share a personal story this week, in all honesty, like I was at Monday night prayer and, um, I had pulled my phone out to do like a little word study but then naturally ended up in the news because that's like just my impulses. <laughs> and I read the news of this like terrible earthquake in Turkey sure. in Syria. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And in the last week's podcast, we talked about like praise as intercession as like changing, you know, what was it? Sewing into sewing heavenward. Sewing, he- sewing heavenward. Uh-huh. And I immediately was like, Oh wow. I could go down this doom scrolling whole right now and be super sad and Mm -hmm. which I like I feel like the heart of compassion in me was didn't leave like this there's like weightiness but I chose to kneel down and praise in that moment when normally I would have like just kind of sat in a pity party or why God or like why am I not over there helping these people like I'm not doing enough I like getting these weird spirals sure but I chose to like kneel and start to praise and believe that my prayers were sowing heavenward so that, you know, wow, something would come of, you know, this horrific natural disaster mm-hmm. across the world. And I don't know, it was just like, I was kind of quickly able to put into practice what we've been talking about in a way that I haven't really been able to do before. Wow. And it was just cool that I was like cognizant of that the whole time. That's stunning. Praise Jesus. So, and then it like, it didn't derail this moment with the Lord. My praise kind of brought me back up the hill as well. It's like these, it's yeah. multifaceted. It's like we're sowing to heaven. We're getting closer to his presence. I mean, it is yeah. of course a bit. Yeah. That's just so cool. That's so cool. I'm really glad you shared that. It's reminding me of, um, a story I'd love to talk about that yeah. comes up when we talk about worship and praise, at least lately, I feel mm-hmm. like it's become a trendy story <laughs> yes. is, um, 
Paul and Silas in the prison in Philippi? Trendsetters. Trend setters. Yeah, those totally. two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that's a trend that we can catch, <laughs> yeah. that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> They'd be the best influencers. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me set the scene. Yes, go ahead. Paul and Silas are on a missionary journey. They want to go into Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey, and the Holy Spirit tells them not to. And then they get a vision of a person in Macedonia, which is an area in modern day Greece. And that person is begging them to come and visit them in Macedonia. So it's like, oh, okay, well, God is clearly calling us to this land. They hit the land and the first city they go to is Philippi, the first major city they go to. It's not a port city, but anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> They're there for a couple days and <laughs> it's not a port city, just so you know, like not on the water, no access to water, but it does have, you know, nice weather year round. Right. <laughs> Continue. That, that was just great. That was so funny. Oh. I, I've been to Philippi, so part of oh, wow. part of why I'm saying that is yeah. because I've been there. Um, so but <laughs> I totally derailed that. No, I'm sorry. So I just fun. That was I great. love that you derail me. Um, <laughs> they're ministering, and there's this girl there that has a spirit of divination, which in Greek culture would have meant this girl can see the future. She's like an oracle. Like we can count on her to tell us stuff. Yeah. And because of that, she's really valuable. Um, and in Greek culture, that would have been celebrated like she had a gift. But from the eyes of the Lord, she has like a spirit that is holding her captive that is not from God on her. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, a few days pass. It's kind of funny and cryptic, but the scriptures tell you that Paul is getting annoyed because this lady, this girl keeps declaring that they are servants sent from the Lord. Yeah. And he's annoyed by them. So he casts the demon out of her. And then she no longer has the spirit of divination. So she's no good to her masters anymore. She like can't see the future anymore or whatever. And as a result, these people get upset and ask for Paul and Silas to be arrested what what happens then is this mob of people come around they strip paul and silas publicly take their clothes off and beat them good night and then throw them in the the center of the prison in mm -hmm. philippi so this is your situation you've been called by god to this land where they haven't heard the gospel yet and you know that god wants you there so you go you cast a demon out of a girl, setting her free, praise God. And as a result, you get beat, stripped, stripped and then beat, and then thrown into prison. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. What's your mood if that's you? Yeah, I would be pretty bummed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, I mean, or like, like super like depressed. It's like, I heard wrong from God, you know? Yeah. Whoa. I'm glad you said that because... Like the assumption that you made is because of my consequences turning sour or like unfortunate, God must not be in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really natural conclusion, yeah. but you don't see Paul and Silas making that conclusion. Totally. Instead, it says when they're in prison that at midnight they are praying and singing praise to the Lord and all the other prisoners in the prison are listening to them worship. I mean, it uses the word praise. Mm -hmm. So I think 
it might be kind of like a fun thought to imagine Paul and Silas like beating a tambourine and dancing yeah. and singing loud worship songs like, yay, like we do on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're probably not doing that. Yeah, totally. You know, they're uh, likely their bodies are still really sore from just being beaten and publicly mm-hmm. humiliated. Their praise probably didn't look like happy-go-lucky. Totally. Maybe it did. I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, they're praising. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining them in there as an act of will mm-hmm. saying like they're they're fighting the temptation to believe that God isn't in this. Yes, totally. And praise is helping them fight that temptation. That's how I'm reading the story. And they're sitting there, I think, praising God, saying, Lord, you brought us here. We know you brought us here. You set that girl free. You have now, maybe they're even thinking this, you have now provided us an opportunity in this prison to witness to the people around us in jail. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. We praise you for the good that you are doing in this place, Mm -hmm. for the good that you are able to represent through us, even through us being beaten and publicly humiliated. We thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. Like that... That's the kind of resolve that Paul demonstrates frequently throughout his missionary journeys. And I think we have a window into how he's able to do that in this story. It's because they're choosing to praise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like, there's will attached to faith. I don't think I've ever made that connection. Yeah. Like, like, like the will to praise is just like kind of putting your stake in the ground and saying, no, this is, I did hear, right? I do believe in God. I know God is faithful. And so, and so I'm going to praise, even though there's nothing in my situation looks like I'm even going to like live to best tomorrow, you know? Right. Which is so powerful. Like, oh man, I want, I would love that kind of faith, you know, that kind of will always to just go to praise as like the first step to like cultivate like faith in my spirit. Whoa. That's so good. Isn't that so good? Mm-hmm. I think just to share a little testimony, if I can, this yeah. clicked for me a little bit personally when um, I had imagined Paul and Silas like dancing, happy go lucky worship in the jail. And again, mm-hmm. maybe that was what they were doing. I don't know. I wasn't there. We didn't have cameras back then. No. Um, but a couple months ago, I had a situation of fraud in one of my bank accounts and like a very, for me, what is a very large sum of money mm-hmm. was stolen. Yeah. And I had this really huge fear come over me that night. I didn't discover it until kind of late into the night one night. And um, I just thought, oh my gosh, I've worked so long to save this amount of money. And in a moment, like someone found a way to hack into my account and just take it from me. I, I, I found my spirit going towards anger, fear, anxiety yeah. in a loop, frustration. I was so mad, but I was so scared, but I, I was also vulnerable. I felt exposed. Mm-hmm. And I, at night I walked up to my bedroom and I got my guitar and I just tried to worship mm. and praise in that place. Yeah. And I found myself singing the song, um, 
what give me grace to trust you more hmm. jesus yeah jesus jesus how i trust you yeah how i've proved you or endure mm-hmm. and that song felt like a weapon against my anxiety wow it was wild and then as i was worshiping or pra- praising or whatever you would call that i guess <laughs> um i pictured paul and silas in the jail mm-hmm. like almost fighting for the sake of their their spirits remaining connected to heaven despite their circumstances being a living hell. Wow. And they were able to do that because of praise. And I think I was able to do that to some degree, not perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then anyway, my story, everything got figured out. Praise God, the Lord made Mm -hmm. a way and, you know, disputes were able to be filed and all was well, but, um, yeah, there's just a little personal testimony. It makes me Thanks think for of sharing that. That's so good. Yeah. That's God is real. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm like, Amen. This always gets me. It just blindsides me with like, oh yeah, this is all real. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, this is all good real. Night. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking of the worship song, one of my favorites. I raise a hallelujah. Mm-hmm. In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. Whoever wrote that had faith that praise actually does something Mm -hmm. in the spirit. Yeah. Like unbelief is being cast out. Like darkness is being cast out. Victory over your enemies is being welcomed in through praise. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean, that's a bold statement. You have to have faith to believe that. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're in like a situation of darkness. Well, we talked about last week, the Israel, the King of Israel, Je, with the, it starts with the J. Oh, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, yeah. Yeah, and his, our like, homeboy. Leading the <laughs> army with like the worshipers. Whoa. And like the song, even like, this is how I fight my battles. Like even when I'm surrounded, like mm-hmm. to choose in that moment when you're surrounded, when you feel like all your life is falling apart or there's just an insurmountable problem in yeah. your path. It's like, it's, takes incredible faith to choose in that moment to praise wow, God because it's so good. The world says that's the least practical thing you can do. Wow. Like it's probably better for you to worry and be anxious. Yeah. Cause that might bring a solution. And that's like such a lie from the pit of hell. Wow. Fascinating. That's so good. If you can praise in that moment, nothing in this world has power over you. Mm-hmm. Like Paul and Silas, n- nothing had power over them. It's so good. They chose to praise and they were operating in the joyful abundance of the kingdom of God, even though they had nothing. There's a um, aspect of <clears throat> this praise into worship thing that I want to bring up just for a sec, because I think it can seem like a little bit of an equation. Like you 
you know, you're going to start with some gratitude and that's going to lead you up the hill yeah. to the worship door and you're going to open up the worship door and there's Jesus <laughs> and holy glory, you know, like yeah. holy glory. That's Jesus, you know, like, <laughs> um, and I, I was thinking about this, but I also realized like there is a way to live a life of praise. Like, like if you are living from this place of faith and gratitude mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before on the podcast a little bit, like choosing gratitude, choosing thankfulness, choosing to thank God for what he's done and being so aware of that. I think it's not like we have to go this 20 minutes of praise time to get to the worship time. I think there's moments Uh where you can just do, God is so holy, you know, like you just like access like the presence of God. And I think there's something to that, to like carrying Mm -hmm. the presence of God with us in our day to day and not like worship only happens if there's a band playing and the room lights are dark. Wow. That was just a, I don't know where that kind of thought plays into this podcast, <laughs> but I just like, I feel like we were kind of talking about um, choosing praise. And I think yeah. there's something to, I think we can choose a life of worship, even in like the ordinary times. That's so good. But there is, there's also something special that happens with the gathered believers in the temple. Like we see that in acts Absolutely. too. So I'm not trying to, to water down anything. I just, mm. I just want to encourage us. I think we can live a life like this. That's so good. And access God and be in awe of God throughout our day. Wow. If we can like kind of sit in this posture of praise. Wow. Like that Sunday worship praise that we encounter spilled out onto me in such a way that when that money was taken from my bank account, um, I responded by God's grace. I responded by that way and not right at first. I was yeah. really terrified for a couple hours before I even thought to do that. But I'm thinking, what could it look like for, I don't know, um, a CPA who's caught in the middle of tax season and you're working 90 hour work weeks. Mm-hmm. And you have a kid and you want to be present for your kid, but you feel discouraged and frustrated and you, maybe you crunched the numbers incorrectly and you just are getting frustrated and in your own head, like what would it look like for you to praise in that space? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, maybe you had been working at Micron, but Micron is going through like a series of layoffs right now and you just lost your job. Um, what would it look like to praise in that if, and, and whether it's like big life things or small yeah. things, like I'm driving and the traffic is a little annoying, mm-hmm. or I tried to get off at the Eagle road exit and the green light turned to red just in time for me to miss the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, totally. I, I could get frustrated. Little things, yeah. I'm not saying that from experience. I've never been frustrated <laughs> at the oh, Eagle yeah. traffic never light get before. Frustrated while driving. <laughs> <laughs> what could it look like for me to praise God for the red light? Because it's keeping us safe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> or that it made you slow down for a moment to like, think about God. You know, it's like, wow. Like you could actually mm-hmm. turn anything into an opportunity to remind you of Jesus and his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I'm like, I'm convinced of that. If Paul and Silas can do that in the prison, we can do that in anything. Absolutely. You know, totally cancer. Mm -hmm. We can do that. And I don't know, say you're a school teacher and one of your fifth graders 
threw a stapler at you and it yeah. made you bleed in your forehead. You can praise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, I think this is, we, we're using this book to give us language for what's happening at church. Mm. But I think it's good to think about how this can, this is going to spill over into our lives. That's good. And I, I think that's where it's like the, the, there's no, there's no vertical space. It's just mm. presence of God that you're like pursuing. Amen. Like that's the goal of all of this. It's not like to say the right things to praise for 20 minutes to get into the worship. Like I said, it's like the goal of all of this is the presence of Jesus Amen. and to grow in that. And I, I am reminded of like, um, like practicing the presence of God, brother Lawrence. Amen. And like in say the same, that. in the same way, <laughs> it's like, he's encountering God washing dishes. Like, right. So it's like, I, I think this, this has every possibility to affect our daily mm. lives. And that gets me really excited. <laughs> I don't know. That's just is that fun. Yeah, that's so good. This is river house language now, not Ruth Ward Heflin's, but I'm thinking mm. this is what it means to live in the river. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. Jordan Verner has used those words before. Absolutely. Like, I just don't want to, I don't want to just visit the river for mm -hmm. a drink and yeah. then go back to the dry land. I want to live in the river. So good. I want to be super saturated by the presence of God, regardless of whether I'm at the vineyard Boise or at even Stevens eating a sandwich downtown or in my cubicle at the department of health and welfare or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, this is fun. Um, so one of the lines that Ruth repeats in her book more than anything else is praise until the worship, the spirit of worship comes then worship until the glory comes, then stand in the glory. You've referenced that a couple times. Um, Jace, it's like, we're walking up this hill and it's an act of the will. One thing I'd like to touch on a little bit more yeah. and then... Yeah, maybe this can close us out and we can finish this conversation next week. But um, that bit about how praise is celebrating what God has done for you. I just wanted to mention a few Bible stories um, where that happens. Yeah, please do. It's like one of them that I think is a fun example is in Luke chapter 17, when the leper, there are 10 lepers that meet Jesus outside of a city from a distance and they ask him to please have mercy on them. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, go to the priest and do your ritual cleansing stuff that is written about in Leviticus and you'll be healed. And so they leave and in the going, they find their leprosy is healed. One of the nine turns and comes back to Jesus praising him. Hmm. Actually, did you open to it? I did. Would you? you read it? Yeah. Would you, especially what he does and says when he comes back? Yes. Um, and now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his, fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving thanks to Jesus when he was and he was a Samaritan, by the way. <laughs> then Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but the, but the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand. Oh, and Jesus said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Whoa. 
Is that where I should start? No, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I just especially want to pull a magnifying glass on his the leper's actions. Mm-hmm. He comes back with haste. It feels like he falls on his face, like praising and thanking Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm, how many times have I asked God for something and He's done it, and I haven't ever thanked Him? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't. I, I mean, I feel convicted mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. And I, I don't know that we could ever thank Jesus and the Lord enough for his consistent faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And this story and a handful of others um, are examples. Like after they walk through the Red Sea in Exodus, Moses sings a song. And chapter 15 of Exodus is like just this mm-hmm. big, long song of worship and praise and gratitude yeah. for the way that God brought them out. Or Hannah has been praying in first Samuel for a kid and she is finally able to have a son named Samuel. And so she has a song that she writes and it's recorded in first Samuel chapter two. Um, the, like people had been praying for something that came to fruition and their heart, their heart's response is to turn to praise. Um, I just want to make a note of that and say, just as much as we should be living in like praising God for who he is when life is hard, we should recognize where the gifts of God are coming to us and we should thank him for them mm-hmm. all the time. And that gets our hearts in a healthy posture of recognizing that everything I have is from God. Yes. Yeah. And I, it really doesn't make sense for me to live any way except grateful. That's so good. Very well said. And I guess if you think about it that way, gratitude feels less like mm, step one in a checklist of entering the glory. Like, oh, let yes. me just check that box yeah. so that I can get what I want, which is the glory realm. Mm-hmm. And that it's true. I want the glory. Mm-hmm. But I already have what I want, which is the blessings of God all around me. And so gratitude ought to flow out of me. That's like a, a more pure heart, maybe, in gratitude. That. Does that make sense? No, that's so good. I, I think... I think where, I think in these stories, like there is no other solution, but for God to intervene, you know, like, and I, we see this even in like, um, developing countries. We just had a team come back from Southeast Asia and, and people are just immediately like, they don't, they don't have doctors to go to, Mm -hmm. like they are asking for a prayer because it's the only option. And so when God shows up, it's like immediate, like worship, like God is good. Holy. Are you Lord? Like it goes like that just jumps right into worship. Compare that to, um, our, our lives in the Western world where, you know, you know, 99% of us live, have more money than like 50% of the other world. Like it's like, there's some crazy statistic. All of my needs are met. All of my, like, uh, all of my needs are met not by me requiring them to be met by God. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. So, so like, it's like, it's like this, it's an automated thing that has already happened. And so what I do need to do to get my heart w- to worship is to acknowledge that all this that has just automatically happened and fallen into my lap because of privilege and being born into the Western hemisphere mm. is given by God. And it's, it, if we're not able to get to that place until we realize that, 
I think that's where it becomes mm. like, it does become a little, not the first step, but a, a practice mm-hmm. to get us into the presence of God because of our situation here in the Western church. Okay. And I think, I, and this podcast being for the American church and more locally river house in Boise, Idaho yeah. in the United States of America. I think that's an important point to make. It's like, this is something that we must do to see how good God really is and to be in his presence in like an authentic way. Wow. That's beautiful. Was that, did that make sense? Yep. I'm tracking you. It reminds me of something that Ruth said. I don't remember exactly where, but she said, I want to know God in all the ways that I can know God. Mm -hmm. And one of them is to know the Lord as provider. Mm -hmm. And I think what she said, which sounds really radical to us in the comfortable American West is I actually want to not provide for myself in all the ways that I could so that I can see God and know him as my provider. Wow. And um, like that's so far removed from our culture. Monks for centuries, like over a thousand years have pledged a vow of poverty so that they can know God as their provider. Hmm. Um, not because it's just like a cool trendy thing to be poor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but Minimal- like minimalism. Yeah. Minimalism. Woo. <laughs> Which is also great. We can mm-hmm. talk about that. Yes. But, um, but like, could you imagine pursuing to not provide for yourself so that you could see how God provides for you? I mean, we could unpack that more yeah. because there are unhealthy ways to do that for sure. Absolutely. But um, I, I see the appeal in that. You know, yeah. I, I, I envy in a weird way believers across the world because their faith is so strong Yeah, because God is their only option mm. and it takes it. It's a practice for us to get to that point. It's yeah. God isn't our only option in America. Wow. And I want him to be our only option. That's good. But it takes a lot of intentionality yeah. in America to make that happen. And I think. One thing I'll add to that too is that the trick is that God doesn't feel like our only option, but in the eternal scheme, God is still our only option. Whoa. So it's actually an illusion that we can provide for ourselves. Yes. It's an illusion that our retirement accounts are our safety. You know what I mean? No, like so I want good. a padded Roth IRA. Like mm. I'm going to take care of myself in retirement. Wow. That's that's great, but that is ephemeral. That's mm-hmm. temporal. Like that will f- that will also be eaten by moths and burned in the fire because wow. it isn't everlasting. Yes. Um come on. And so even at our most comfortable we, it really makes no sense to be dependent on anything other than God. Um, and that doesn't mean that you can't have a padded retirement account. Like I want to be wise with my money. I'm trying to do that. Full disclaimer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not taking a vow of poverty though. At one point when I was in college, I I wanted to, if I'm honest, (laughs) that was because I was afraid of money. We could talk about that more another day, but, uh, just to recognize, wow, if I have a padded retirement account when I turn 70 or whatever, I'm not thanking myself for that. I'm thanking God for that. Absolutely. If I have a full tummy three times a day, 
I'm thanking God for that, mm-hmm. not my job, not my work ethic. And that doesn't mean that I don't have a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Everything that we have comes from God. And this, there's this weird cultural illusion that covers our perspective on that. We start to believe the lie that it's from us, that we earned it. And in a way we did, but only because of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Only because we're able-bodied and we're able to do the work that we could, or only because we were provided for by people before us, or generous parents or grandparents, or only because... I don't know, the forefathers in this nation set it up to be the kind of economy that it is where I can like pursue the kind of career that I want. Anyway, now I'm going on and on about this. This is so good. I mean, there's so much truth behind that. Yeah. I love where we kind of landed with that. Honestly, (laughs) it's like, wow. I feel like our, our t-shirt should say like, it's all an illusion. (laughs) And then the back says, God is real. God is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your hint about reality. Wow. It's all an illusion, except God. Except God. <laughs> wow. I, that really hit me. I was like, that's so wow, good. Wow, praise. Come on. Wow. I mean, do you feel like there's something we should add to this? I'm just so grateful. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I feel like, the Holy Spirit in this discussion. Oh, he's so good. So worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord. Um, well, we have hit this conversation pretty hard. I think the last three weeks about praise. Mm-hmm. Praise is something that you will, according to Ruth Ward Heflin. It's about what God has done for us. Next week, we're going to turn to um, worship, talk more about that, which isn't something that you will. We've already hit that a little bit today, but... Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it more in some biblical passages about that. So stay tuned um, because that's where we're headed. What does it look like once you have ascended the hill? If ascending looks like Thanksgiving and praise and choosing praise, then what happens when you do reach the top of the hill and you've arrived with the spirit of worship in the presence of God? That's, That's what we'll hit next time. So good. Sound good? Yeah. Well, thank you, Jesus, for this time. And thank you, listener, for listening. I hope this has been encouraging to you. God is so good. And real. Like And real. And real. So real. Um, Man, may we praise him this week. Yeah. In all the ordinary moments, in all the frustrating moments, in all the good moments. Yeah. And, like, have close access to his presence through worship. That's so good. Yeah, may we even surprise ourselves this week that in moments where we normally turn to different things like frustration or coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. may we surprise ourselves that instead we're drawn to praise and may that praise set us free. Oh, so good. Mm, thank you, Lord. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns, um, recommendations, uh, please email us at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com and join us on Sundays at the Vineyard Boise. We meet at 4 p.m. and we'd love to see you there. Come say hi too. That's right. Wonderful. And I hope you have the best week. That's right. Thanks again. <laughs>